Hello and welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. I'm Andrew, co-host here on the show, and I am so excited to have you here with us this week. We've got a very, very cool guest today, Brian Castle. And Brian is a man, how do I put this? This guy loves processes. So we lined him up with our very own process-driven Gray McKenzie, and they have an awesome conversation about how you can begin to productize your business. Now, Brian walks through his entrepreneurial journey and how he's gotten to be where he is today. He's a blogger, podcaster, instructor, founder like you and I, and it's an awesome conversation. So let's dig in. Folks, without further ado, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Inbound Agency Journey. This is Gray McKenzie. And this week, I have the pleasure of bringing on to the podcast Brian Castle. Um, Brian, you have done uh, quite a few different things in your experience right now. Uh, you've got a good thing going with audience ops and uh, also want to dig into productize what you've got going on with that as well. But could you start off just giving us uh, kind of your background, where you came from and, and what you're doing today? Yeah, sure. Great. Uh, good to be on with you. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. I mean, today, you know, uh, we're about halfway through 2016 and my primary focus is audience ops. That's essentially what I'm working on, you know, full time every day. Um, so audience ops were, were a done for you, uh, productized service that offers content marketing services. Uh, uh we work mostly with software companies and, and online businesses and other productized services as well. Um, some agencies and, and whatnot. Um, before that I, I built and sold a company called restaurant engine and that was a SaaS slash service, uh, where we did website design for restaurants. Um, I bootstrapped that and then uh, exited that company. I was working on that for a total of about of about four years and uh, exited that last year in 2015. Um, and then the other thing that I do through my personal blog, which is castjam.com, um, I write and I teach a lot about uh, productized services because that's kind of the path that that I've taken in my in, in both my businesses, my current one and the previous one, where um, you know uh, building something up. It, with a done for you aspect and really focusing on systems and streamlining and, uh, and, and, you know, building a, a strong value proposition that way. So, um, I have a course called productize around that. And, and then the other thing that I do every week is I co-host the bootstrapped web podcast with, uh, with my buddy Jordan gal. And we just have fun there just kind of talking about updates, what we're working on, giving you kind of a best behind the scenes, uh, into our businesses. So, uh, if that's not enough for you, I, I don't know what else. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so a lot of different things I want to dig into there, and I'm super curious about a lot of this. But uh, specifically going down, so you, I mean, this clearly started quite a while ago now with Restaurant Engine. But what were, who were the influencers, or what was the process like to get you to the point where you realized and put this emphasis on kind of productizing the services that you have? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So Restaurant Engine started uh, as an idea for a SaaS. Like that was what I was thinking when I started Restaurant Engine. It, it was, you know, I, I came from a background as a freelance web designer. 
I started to build that up into a consultancy with other people. Um, but I did, I didn't necessarily want to become a large agency. I did that for a while and it was okay, but, um, I wanted to build a SaaS, and the, and, and the goal from the beginning was to build software that customers would just come to the site and they would open an account and create their own website using the tools that we give them. And everything would work out brilliantly from there. That was the vision. <laughs> um, what I learned was after, you know, through the first year into the first or second year, um, what I found was customers really value the done for you aspect. And, and that's what I started doing. I started saying, you know, um, I, I noticed that customers were coming on board and they would get stuck or they would just kind of abandon their site. Um, but when I offered to actually set up their new website for them, uh, not only did they successfully get onboarded, uh, but the, the, the churn rate from there went way down. Um, you know, because they, they value both having the website or having the solution that we offer, but also value us doing it for them and saving them all the time and hassle, um, to get it done. So that's when it kind of clicked for me. It it wasn't really overnight, but over a period of time, it, it clicked that, you know, the real value prop here is the done for you aspect um, and then we started offering that as a, as a paid option. And then eventually we, we made it the only option where the only way to use the service is to, is to sign up and get your website done for you by restaurant engine. And what happened was it, we were able to do that in a very fast streamlined way because we had already built the tools and systems that we were going to have customers use, but then we just used them ourselves um, so it eventually became a combination of using our own software and people and systems and processes to make a really streamlined uh, machine. And that's when I, and over that period of time, about two or three years ago, um, I really got into this whole idea of a productized service. And I started focusing more and more on on refining those systems. And, and then I applied that to um, everything else in the business, not just the delivery of of the of the service, but everything from content marketing to our sales process to um, the way that we onboard customers, the way that, that customers cancel, like all of that stuff. I, I started really focusing in on building really solid systems and, and processes and documentation and, and all that kind of stuff, um, the boring stuff. But uh, at, at the end of the day, it, it, um, it result, by the time that I – was leaving that business, it, I, I had it to a point where I was actually spending, you know, three hours or less a month uh, managing the day-to-day work in Restaurant Engine because it was all being handled by by those systems. Right. I think it's, I mean, that's what everybody says, like, this is the boring stuff. But uh, you did what so few agency owners are able to do in uh, in exiting. And that's always such a sticky point, especially, uh, obviously, if it's not a huge agency where the principal's still involved in a lot of cases, in a lot of the day-to-day operations. So I want to dig into some of the audience ops uh, stuff that you have going on. But but last question on Restaurant Engine, what was – I'm curious to know, and you don't have to share numbers. Obviously, whatever you're comfortable uh, sharing is is fine. But I'm curious to know what the exit was like out of Restaurant Engine and maybe just speak to uh, the impact that having uh, kind of having productized a lot of the services that you did – um, how that impacted the exit of that company? 
Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, well, it was the first time I went through that process. Uh, the only time, it, well, I sold some small side projects, but those were much smaller. Um, yeah, I mean, with Restaurant Engine, like I, I worked with a broker. I worked with um, FE International, and they they did a really great job from start to finish. They they helped to source the buyer, and then really guided guided me through the entire process from the due diligence. Uh, I mean, I had a lawyer too, but the contract stage and and the deliver and you know the the completion, and that was. I mean, it was a long process, you know, from start to finish, it was like maybe four or five months, um, wow. out of, out of 2015. And not to mention, like I was at the time I was just starting up audience ops and I had to keep running restaurant engine until it was fully sold. Um, but the due diligence process, I mean, that, that's like almost a full-time job for, for those months. Um, you know, with calls like every other day and, just lengthy meetings and going and, and digging through the books and all the systems and operations and everything. So, so yeah, that was, that was pretty grueling. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I like, you know, the, I mean the exit, it was, it, it wasn't uh game. It wasn't like life changing or anything, but it was, you know, like low six figures. Um, and, and that was a, a good exit that, that gave me enough, um, runway to, to think about what's next. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, have some, some flexibility when I was starting up, uh, audience ops and that, that right. helped. Although the thing with audience ops was that it, it would, that's a productized service from the very beginning. And one of the big benefits of going the productized service route is it, it's easy to, to grow revenue, um, and even do it profitably, you know, very, very quickly. Um, so that helped with the runway as well. Um, yeah, yeah like anything else specifically you want to know right. about that or, yeah, I think, I mean, you answered a lot of questions. I was curious to know what that process was like. Uh, one of the things that we've seen agency owners get held up on when they go to sell is, hey, if I step out of the business, we don't have enough systems in place. There's not enough uh, documentation. The services are kind of, I'm very involved in coming up with a unique package for every client during the sales process and then oh, monitoring yeah. how that how that happens. So I think just the fact that you were able to make an exit uh kind of testifies to the to the fact that you had some stuff in place there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you're running an agency of any kind and you're thinking about exiting, but even if you're not thinking about exiting right now, um, you should still be doing these things. These are just good practices to, uh, to build up uh, standard operating procedures. And it's not just the documentation of those. It's also thinking about how can you make the service itself so standardized that you're focused on doing just one thing and solving one problem for one ideal customer um, and not doing everything and anything f- for everyone, which is what most agencies do. Um, once you get into that mindset, then it becomes way easier to build up those systems that so that it's like a machine. You're just kind of churning out the same product again and again. Um, I mean, yeah, I, th- the, I think definitely the reason why it I mean, I was actually surprised, but it was easy to to sell that business. I mean, we had offers within a week, you know, three wow. offers. Wow! Um, and and that, and that kind of blew me away. But I think the reason was, you know, a I had the systems and documentation in place. I had the people in place. Um, B it was a recurring revenue model, uh, kind of a, a SaaS recurring retainer kind of model. So that that is always attractive as well. Um, and it was still on a growth trajectory. It wasn't like the business was declining, which, and that, that would impact 
the sale as well. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I, if I, I'd say number one, look at the systems and find ways to, to make your service as standardized and predictable as possible and, and get those systems dialed in. And then number two, if there's any way that you can move to a recurring revenue model or optimize your model so that you're, you're focused on retainers and, and less on the one-time projects, um, you know, that's more attractive as well. For sure. Well, let's dig into uh, practically how you're doing that today with audience ops. So obviously there's a lot, I've got a, a ton of questions um, and it looks awesome, but maybe just walk us through first uh, what the service is, uh, kind of what the value prop of audience ops is. And then let's, we'll dive into a whole bunch of different things I'm sure from there. But, uh, but what is audience ops? Sure. So, uh, audience ops offers, uh, a done for you content marketing service, uh, for online businesses, software companies, other agencies, productized services. Um, and we basically offer an end to end solution when it comes to running a content marketing strategy. So the big problem that we try to solve is, um, you know, companies or, or founders themselves trying to do all the content themselves or writing blog posts, uh, that's just not sustainable. When you're running a, when you're running a company, um, you can't necessarily spend all of your time writing blog posts. And, and, and then blog posts themselves are not the only part of this. You can write fantastic blog posts, but that's not going to be enough um, to actually grow an audience and convert those into leads and customers. So you need to be doing email marketing, email newsletters, email automation, uh, social media uh, promotion of, of the content, um, even PPC and, and retargeting to, to like promote posts and, and retarget people coming back to your site, um, lead magnets, you know, uh, email courses and content upgrades. So these are all things that we've built into a, into a system that we basically implement for our clients. Um, and we kind of go from end to end from actually researching the audience and the, and your ideal customers. And, and then we'll come up with a list of topics and we'll fill up your editorial calendar. Then our team of writers actually writes and edits the posts. We've got a designer creates a custom graphic for every post. Um, we set it up in WordPress. We publish it on a schedule and then we write and send an email newsletter for you. We queue up the social media posts and we do a number of other things to uh, to help you promote and and connect it all back to your email list. So, um, awesome. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's a that's a great service. It's a lot of the services that uh, that the agencies listening right now are offering. Um, but I think that the way that you're kind of putting that all together into packages. Now, we've had. Uh, you know, a lot of debates about how to price services at an agency. Do you do value-based pricing, cost-based pricing? Do you have packages? Obviously, you've gone down uh, this whole... I think that you've kind of gone... If you're going to have packages, I feel like you've gone down uh, the logical conclusion to that route, which is, well, productize the whole service and the price is the price is the price for everybody. Um, How did you arrive at uh, the pricing structure and the package structure, uh, that you guys have right now through audience ops? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, my, my whole philosophy when it comes to pricing for anything is just keep it as simple as possible. Um, that, and also if you're going to offer multiple options, which is often a, a good idea to, to have at least, you know, two options, um, make each option serve a particular segment of your customer base. Um, you know, don't just have multiple options for the sake of having options, actually 
do do it with a purpose. So what what we and and the other thing that I wanted to do again w- with keeping it simple with audience ops is we're going to design the best solution that we know how to do when it comes to having a content marketing system. Um and and we're going to include all the pieces that need to be included in order for that to happen. And then we priced it so so we basically put a price on that recommended package, which again includes the articles, the social media. We do a content upgrade on every post, which is kind of like a bonus download. Um, we create that and we set up the opt-in and, and we create a lead magnet. So all of that is put into our, our one package. And by default, that, in, that includes us publishing a new article every week. And the way to scale down on that is, the, is our second package, which would just scale down and, and we would be po- publishing a new article every two weeks or every other week. Um, Again, like both packages include all the same uh, pieces, all, all the same deliverables. It's just the frequency of, of the content. Um, and then that's how we're basically able to, to, uh, to separate it out. Um, you know, occasionally a, a client will say like, well, we handle our own tweets and Facebook posts in-house. Um, you know, how would that impact the price? And, you know, the simple answer is it doesn't. I mean, we, we just, we, we've put together this, this package. It, it has a lot of value regardless. Um, it's designed to to run, you know, for the founders or for the company to be completely hands off. Um, if they want to have more input into into parts of the process, you know, they're totally free to do that. And we actually have systems to allow for that. Um, but you know, the it's it, it's it's valuable either way. Right, makes a lot of sense. So I've got kind of a couple of specific questions about how uh, how kind of operations go when somebody signs up a client comes to you for the first time and they sign up for a package um what is i'm assuming that there's a sales process are there folks who just sign up through the site or is there always one conversation how many calls in the sales process what does that kind of look like yeah that's a good question so i've actually this month i'm working on improving some some aspects of our sales process that's what i'm kind of focused on right now but um uh so all of our leads right now have been inbound um, mostly since the beginning and, and we don't currently have a way for somebody to just self sign up. Um, they do have to get a consultation from us in order to be able to sign up. And, uh, as of now there's, there's another person on my team who does all those sales consultations. I did them for most of the first year. And, and right now I'm, I'm hopping back into that a little bit because I'm, I'm reworking some of the sales process, but basically person comes to the site, fills out our consultation form, which is right on the homepage. Um, that comes into our, our system. And then we reach out, you know, same day or next day to schedule the call. Um, and then we'd have the call and, and what's new now is we're doing like a live demo, um, where we get on a video call and, and we actually give a, a slide presentation to, to present audience ops and, and all the benefits and lay out exactly what's included and, and, you know, um, to kind of make the sales process easy to understand and also easy to deliver. So whether I'm delivering it or somebody else on my team is delivering it, um, we're basically presenting it in the same way every time using this this sales demo presentation. Um, and then from there, they can you know, then then we give them the link to come to the website and sign up. Or sometimes we sign them sign them up right on on the uh, call there. Um, once they sign up. Uh, it, it, they go into our onboarding process. And from there, I basically hand it off to the team. Uh, we assign a project manager and we assign a writer uh, along with an assistant to every client. So 
the manager and the writer um, emailed the client within a day or two to schedule their kickoff call. And that's the beginning of, of us doing the onboarding process that we, we use that call to start our research process. We basically pick the, the founder's brain for about 45 minutes, understanding their customers, understanding their product, their service. And, um, and then from there, we've got a, a pretty lengthy onboarding process, which lasts about a month where we're doing a lot of different things. Like we're gathering access to their site. We're starting to outline and draft their email course lead magnet. We're, we're, um, creating the topics list for their editorial calendar. Uh, we're getting approval on those things. And, and so we've got a, a whole process for tracking that onboarding process. Um, uh, we use Trello quite a bit. We use Help Scout to manage a lot of the emailing with clients um, and internally with the team. And uh, and then usually by the fourth week, we're, we're like up and running with that with that weekly publishing schedule. Right, that makes sense. Thanks for walking us through that onboarding process. Um, a couple follow up questions. One is, um, I think especially during maybe not during the sales process, but during onboarding, do you have any interface with uh, your customer's sales team. So to say like, Hey, here's what, especially for somebody who hasn't done content marketing before, they obviously don't have a team dedicated to it. I would imagine in most, ca- in most cases, but correct me if I'm wrong there, but do you have any kind of interaction with them to say, Hey, here's what it looks like to work with an inbound lead or making sure that they're going to handle those in some way. So you're asking, do we work with the sales teams yep. for our clients companies? Yep, exactly. Uh, that's a good question. I guess not specifically. Um, there might have been a few cases where where we were. Most of the time, we start off by being in touch. Like our point of contact is usually the the founder, or the CEO. Um, sometimes it's it's like an uh, like a marketing manager or or, or a community manager of some sort. Uh, a lot of times it starts as the CEO, and then after after they finish the onboarding and or the first one or two months, then they then they tell us like, "Hey, this is this is John on our team. He's going to be your point of contact going forward." Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of like the sale, the sales side of it, um, I mean, not so much. Right. I, I think some of our some of the companies we we work with don't have very large sales teams. They just do a lot of you know inbound um, leads, and I mean, a lot of the companies that we work with are, are more like SaaS software right. companies and and that kind of stuff. So, um, sometimes they do have sales teams, sometimes they don't. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. I was curious. I know a lot of times, uh, work, especially working with larger clients and especially a more established, like traditional type of client, um, like in our experience at Guava box, um, you know, our, one of our very first clients was a manufacturing client. We produced all these leads, but but it never initially interfaced with the sales team and wound up producing a lot of leads that never got followed up with and kind of fell into a black hole. But in the SaaS space, and especially a smaller company size, I think uh, you kind of have that ability probably to not have to interface. They either have time to follow up with it or, especially in the SaaS case, producing those leads, then they're right into the funnel uh, for the yeah. sale there. Yeah, I mean, we do um, we do quite a bit of work in the client's uh, email tool, which we, we kind of specialize in using Drip okay, yep. um, as, as well as MailChimp, but uh, most of our clients are on Drip. And at the outset, we'll set up all sorts of tagging and, and automation workflows and, and whatnot to make sure that new subscribers are funneled into the lead nurturing sequence and they're tagged accordingly and then they, they get dropped into the weekly newsletter group. Um, 
and so so we're there to kind of help help them kind of navigate drip and and the automation flows and uh and yeah i mean if a team is does have an in-house sales team uh that's a great way to i mean they should be working in in drip or, or whatever email tool they're using to um you know do like warm out outreach to recent new subscribers and, and that sort of thing so right makes sense well brian i want to shift gears here a little bit and talk about um how you, in terms of thinking about uh, the agency, what are the metrics, what are the key metrics? I, I would assume that you're probably looking at some metrics a la SaaS, like MRR, LTV, uh, churn rate, um, that kind of stuff. But what are what are the metrics that, uh, that are most important to you as you're looking at the business? Yeah, good question. So uh, I do look at it very much like a SaaS, uh, MRR, uh, number of customers, um, churn rate, um, uh, I, I also look at a uh, number of inbound leads and the close rate on, on the sales side of things. Um, uh, you know, profitability and costs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I, I think, I think that's, I, I, you know, I guess looking at churn rate, I, I also look at like length of, uh, of, of a customer's lifetime. Right. Um, and that's, you know, we've, we've done various things to, to improve that over the past year as well. Um, you yeah. guys, one example, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I thought that, uh, I heard you guys are adding on like a PPC component to this as well. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So this is new. Uh, we just rolled it out actually this month. Uh, we've been working on it for the last two or three months, but we just started onboarding clients onto it this month. Um, and it's an optional add-on to our service uh, where we'll run, we'll, we'll actually set up and manage PPC campaigns and retargeting campaigns. Uh, but it's it's uh, integrated with your content marketing strategy. So it's a lot of promoted posts. So taking the posts that we're publishing and promoting those to Facebook and with targeted audiences and then running retargeting campaigns for recent visitors to come back who, who haven't subscribed to your email list to come back to your site and and uh, and opt into your lead magnet, your email course, the landing page, and that sort of thing. Awesome. I, I think there's, I mean, I just love this whole model of systematizing the whole thing. And then you've just constantly got the ability as you start to test it out on yourself and, and learn how to do these services or, or even services that you've done in the past. Uh, but you just have a lot of ability and potential here to continue to grow the lifetime value of those customers. So I, I like the approach a lot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we started running those PPC and retargeting campaigns for ourselves about three months ago. Um, I brought on like a PPC specialist to the team and, and we really, what we, what my, my goal there was, was to obviously drive results for ourselves, you know, grow our traffic and grow conversions. Um, but more importantly, just nail down over the course of about two months, what are the exact strategies and, and the methods that work when it comes to PPC and retargeting? And then how can we build a system out of that? And, and like with, I, like I gave my, my teammate the, the guideline from the very beginning that, that look, everything that you do here, we're going to eventually build into a system that you're going to repeat for other clients. So the more uh, repeatable that we can make this, um, the better. And so we kind of completed that process and now we're, uh, well, I, sh- I shouldn't say it's, it's, it's really never complete because now we're onboarding clients and um, we're starting to figure out the edge cases and, and how to refine that, that system and, and keep you know, improving it. Right. That's awesome. 
Well, let's talk a little bit here, Brian, about productize as well. Before before we wrap up, I'd love to hear um, about the course that you've put together, uh, some of the folks who've gone through it, what the structure that is like, and if folks are interested in uh, in getting access to that or learning more about that, what that process is like. So maybe start just with uh, what's the overview on productize? Yeah, sure. So uh, the productize course uh, and the community, it's um, it's really your, your guide to uh, creating, launching, and sustaining a productized service business, you know, much like audience ops or restaurant engine. Uh, but it's also built off of examples of many other, uh, productized service businesses. There, there are, um, there's a number of case study interviews included in there as well. Um, and I use a lot of those as examples in the, in the course material. Uh, so I initially created and launched the course in late 2014. Um, and it it did really well in in the first year. I mean, it continues to to uh, to do well now. And then last year, I guess it was like late 2015 when I um, when I updated the course material. Uh, yeah, it was like December, January 15, 16, and uh, I, I kind of added a whole bunch of new lessons based on my new experience in audience ops, and I added a bunch of new case studies and templates and worksheets and things. Um, so I kind of gave it an update you know, a little bit more recently. And, uh, we've also got a, a community of other folks who are doing, uh, you know, productized services and there've been like mastermind groups formed out of that and, and that sort of thing. So that's been fun. Um, so that, that course is at castjam.com slash productize, but I also have a free crash course version of that. Um, it's like an email course, which is available on, on my homepage, castjam.com. And, uh, I also, in a couple months ago, I launched, a uh, productized podcast, which is also, um, there's some case study interviews on that, but it's also interviews with students from the productized course and, and learning about the process that they've gone through, whether they're just launching now or they launched like a year ago. There are some pretty good stories on that. Um, so that's been kind of fun as well. That is awesome. Um, we'll definitely add all the links into the show notes. Folks can get those at doingbound.com slash podcast. Uh, Brian, as far as folks who've gone through the course and uh, and had success with this, if people listening right now want to check out any of those uh, sites or find any of those businesses, any any uh, folks who've gone through that who stick out to your mind that you want to give a shout out to here might be a good example for other agencies to go check out. Oh yeah, that's a good uh, question. Um, yeah, there have been several. Um, one is uh, Jason Resnick. His I love his domain. It's it's res r e z z z dot com. Nice. <laughs> uh, I think he offers like WordPress development services and in a productized package. He's he he's actually and I have an interview with him. He said uh, that he ten x his revenue within six months uh, of moving to the productized model. So wow. That was pretty impressive. Um, let's see. Another guy, run, uh, Josh Frank, runs Test Triggers, which is a conversion rate optimization service. Um, another guy had a really fantastic launch. Um, uh, what is the name of his service now? Um, I think it's, it's called investor fuse and, and what that is, it's for the real estate industry, but he, he used, um, a project management software, uh, which I'm blanking on the name. It's, it's a popular one, but, but it's kind of complicated to set up. So he set up these like pre-made templates that are optimized for, um, the real estate agency, uh, real estate 
industry to uh, to manage like incoming leads and, and whatnot. And basically his productized services is he sets them up with all those templates in that system. Um, and he launched that on, on a webinar partnering with some pretty big name people in the real estate industry. I think he actually did 50 K in revenue on the very first, uh, webinar. And then he started, you know, repeating that. Um, and that started as a service, but then after about a year, he, um, he converted that into software. And which I love that model, by the way, you know, st- launching with a productized service because you can grow revenue really quickly. But more importantly, I think you can establish your company and your brand and, and start building your audience uh, by, by growing it as a productized service first. And then six months, a year, 18 months into it, you start to grow the product line, whether it's uh, educational products or software products. Um, still serving the same audience, but at least you've established yourself and you have the, the cash flow to fund it. Um, you know, rather than what so many people do is they try to start a software business from the ground up, um, without establishing the company first. Uh, and it's just such an uphill battle from there. That's why I love like starting with a productized service and then using that as, as kind of the bridge to, uh, to growing it out further. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You really build out, you're building your audience and you're validating your idea and gaining expertise. Um, obviously the big benefit as uh, an additional benefit there is, is what you just mentioned with, uh, building up the cash reserves to be able to go spend the time. And as we know very well, building a software, uh, a SaaS model is, uh, time consuming resource consuming for sure. So I think, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that approach. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of following that with audience ops now, you know, over the past couple of months, we've also released our own WordPress plugins, which they're kind of like byproducts of, of what we do for our clients. But we built our own WordPress plugins. Like one, the popular one is for content upgrades, which allows us to do content upgrades on blog posts and it integrates with Drip and MailChimp and Zapier and all that. So um, so we've been selling that. We've got another one for landing pages. And uh, later this year, we'll be coming out with uh, a training product for doing content marketing in, in your company. Um, so, you know, like these are things that, that all come out as byproducts of what we've been doing with the productized service up, up until now. So that is awesome. Well, good. Well, Brian, um, before I let you go here, I think there's a lot of takeaways for marketing agency owners. Um, obviously we've got audience ops, uh, castjam.com. We'll put all the links that we've talked about here in the show notes but is there if folks want to learn more follow you is there one place that you'd want to send them or best place to follow you online yeah sure so you know my company is audience ops we talked all about that my my personal site is castjam.com and uh, i'm also castjam on twitter so uh yeah you can uh, connect with me any of those the good old Twitter. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, good stuff. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for what you're building and for sharing um, some of that wisdom with us here today. Um, good luck with everything that's going on, and we appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks, Greg. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.